Welcome to the Woodridge Baptist Church Podcast. For more information about what's happening in the life of our church, visit our website at www.woodridge.org. Enjoy the podcast. Well, it's good to see you, my friends. Uh, I'm inviting you this morning to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If uh, you're a guest, first, howdy. Uh, Glad that you're here. We've been looking at this letter that Paul wrote to a church in Corinth. That's why it's called Corinthians. And he was having to address some issues that were going on in the church. And we know that because the people in the church are the one that reached out to Paul who planted the church to say things are going wrong in the church that you planted. And we would like a little bit of wisdom here. Maybe you can help us out. Part of what it is that he's looking at today in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 has to do with what we usually call spiritual gifts. And so I think we're gonna find we're gonna find that this is an incredibly useful section of scripture for each and every one of us, especially for his church. So on the one hand, Paul has to talk about areas of needed correction in the church, but then on the other hand, he's going to be talking about the church at work, taking the good giftings that God has portioned for us and putting them to good use for a world that's broken so that we can help in partnership with God to make the world right again. That's what this chapter is actually all about. Think about what it looks like just practically for a church. Um, What it would look like just on a Sunday morning for what we do every Sunday morning. It's really kind of mind boggling when you think about it. We have greeters that say hello to you at the door. We have people that receive you so that if you're a guest, you know where to go in this building because I mean, good luck with that, right? I mean, you gotta find your way around. Somebody probably needs to show you. We have people that are like, I'm happy to help out with that. That make you feel welcome in this place. That's important. We have people that spend their time during the week in the word of God so that they can teach your children on a Sunday morning. We're thankful for them. That's the church at work, right? We have people, we had people just a couple of weeks ago that stayed up here all night with over a hundred and something of our students, all night. That's the church at work and it's crazy. Who does that kind of thing? Over a hundred and something. They were up here. That's the church at work. You just saw a hurricane go and hit Florida. Tons of damage, especially in the Fort Myers area. And you know what? We know a little bit about that here, don't we? I was just looking the other night on on Twitter. I was looking at the news. And in response to some of the reports coming out of Florida, there was a person that replied to a report that said, man, thank God for the local church because where would we be without them? Because of all of the work of the church saying, we're gonna go and we're gonna make an impact in an area that's just been really hurt. We're gonna show them the love of the Lord. That's the church at work and that's the good stuff, right? Think about the people that come up and practice music during the week and lead us in worship every single Sunday. That's the church at work. Now I give you just a couple of examples and I could certainly give you more. These are people that make a difference. These are the people that make a difference. Now they've said that we're going to take how it is that God has gifted me and we're gonna put it to good use through his church so that people can be blessed. That's what 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is actually all about. Now, I know what you're saying on the front end. You know, maybe I'm sitting here and I'm not exactly sure what my spiritual gifts are. One of the things that we do in Discover Woodridge, which is for people that are interested in who we are as a church, um, maybe joining the church, is we give a spiritual gifts inventory. It's just a tool, that's all it is, but it might give you an idea of how it is, so to speak, how the Lord cut you, right? You know what I'm talking about? How it is that the Lord made you. We would be happy to help you out. But I'm reminded of this. Let me borrow an example. Uh, There was a scene, I don't know how many of you are C.S. Lewis fans, I am, Uh, but there was a scene in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. 
And I'm talking about the movie here, right? Not the book, but y'all go read the book and you can also see the movie. But if you watch the movie, don't act like you read the book. Don't do that, right? So there's a scene in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe where Father Christmas shows up and he gives each of the four children a mysterious gift that came from Aslan. And of course, Aslan uh, is symbolic. He represents Jesus in, in the books. Now, the gifts that he gives to them are mysterious. And at the same time, the children can't figure out why they've even been given these gifts. Have you ever gotten a gift like that? It's like you open it up and you go, what in the world? That's kind of how the kids felt at this point. But in the midst of the battle with the white witch, which you got to understand the white witch represents everything that is evil. So in the battle with the white witch, Lucy realizes that her gift, which was a healing ointment, was given to her to bind up the wounded in battle. Peter realizes he's been given a sword so that he can, he can lead an assault on the forces of the white witch. See, C.S. Lewis, what he was trying to do is he was trying to say that one of the ways that we figure out what Aslan wants from us is by looking at the gifts that he has placed in our hands. So if you wanna know what the will of God is for your life, then one of the main ways that you can know it is to discover the gifts that he has given you. Each one had a unique gift that was given to them, given by Father Christmas, for what was lying ahead for them. And it's no different for any of us. Take, take a look at the text this morning. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, here's what it says. It says, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. That's a good start. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. See, this is the thing. Uh, the body does what the head tells it to do. That's its job. The, the body is supposed to follow the head. Now, in Scripture, Jesus is called the head of the church, and so we are his body. Now, what that means is, is that we're supposed to do what the head tells us to do. Jesus is the head, so we do what the head tells us to do. So what Jesus tells us to do as a church, that's just what we're going to do. In this chapter, in chapter 12, the word body is used 13 times, and it's usually connected with this word members. We are all individual parts of a body. So when you say, where did we get this idea of church membership? One of the places that you would first go is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, because it's the image that Paul gives to us, and we're connected to something that's bigger than us. See, membership in a church comes from this word, this part. But it, you have to remember, a member is a functioning part of a body. It has a function and a use. You have a gifting, that means you have a function, and you also have a use, just like the people in Corinth before us. Here's the problem. If you're detached from the body of Christ, there's gonna be a breakdown in the functioning of the body. And you probably know what I'm talking about. Tony Evans gave a great example some years ago. I thought it was awesome. He said, if I chop off my foot and throw it over there, uh, we have two losers. And he's absolutely right. He said, <laughs> he said, I lose because I'm detached from the rest of my body and so I'm disconnected from the benefits of the rest of me and my body loses because it doesn't get the benefits of my foot. Now, what this means is, is for persons that are not functioning and of good use in their spiritual gifts in the church, it's like you have chopped your foot off and thrown it over there. The church is missing out what it is you are supposed to contribute through your spiritual gifts in the use of the church. That's why Tony Evans gave that example. Here's why it matters. If you look at 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says, a manifestation of the Spirit 
is given to each person for the common good. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person. Why? Here's your why. For the common good. You'll find it again in verse 11. All of these are inspired by one and the same Spirit. The Holy Spirit has portioned these gifts for us. All of these are inspired by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as who wills it, as the Spirit wills it. Not as you will it, but as the Spirit wills it. In other words, no follower of Jesus missed out on the gift-giving party. You were there. We all have at least one God-given gift. You might have more. Here's some of the things that we run up against. If you look at verses 15 through 17, look, look at what Paul says. He says, if the foot should say, well, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it's not for that reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, well, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it's not for that reason it's any less of a part of the body. In other words, you have a part of the body saying that they don't wanna be a part of the body. Did you catch that? The, these are the people that say, I can, I can be a follower of Jesus and have nothing to do with the local church. Paul is saying, no, you can't. Because to follow Jesus is to portion your spiritual gifts to good use through the local church for the common good. So if you're saying, on the one hand, I'm going to be following Christ, but I'm going to disconnect myself from the church, you're not following Christ. Plain and simple to what Paul is trying to tell us today. It matters. Think of the way that I started this. Of all the people that serve in our children's ministry, our student ministry, teaching in our adult ministry, the missions work that we do. What if every single one of those people said, you know what? I can follow Jesus and I don't actually have to do it through a local church. I think I'm just going to stay at home. None of this stuff would happen. Literally none of this stuff would happen. Now I think you can see what it is that Paul is trying to say. The Holy Spirit will portion a gift to you. You've got it, folks. But here's a question. Have you ever wanted to be gifted at something that you weren't gifted at? <laughs> Don't lie to me. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever wanted to be gifted at something that you're not gifted at? It's like when you watch, I don't watch this show anymore because my time's precious. Uh, American Idol. I remember when American Idol was, was really first coming out. And Wendy and I were pretty newly married, actually, and we would kind of stop and, and, and we'd watch these people. It was a singing competition, right? And inevitably, some of these kids, or even adults, would show up and they would say, okay, what are you gonna be singing for us? And they would tell some sort of song, right? And they'd say, now my mama says that I'm a really great singer. <laughs> and then they would start singing. And I'm sitting there going, man, your mama lied to you. <laughs> you're horrible. You're horrible. And now you're horrible in a very public way too, right? You're on American Idol. You get the idea. Some people want to be singers and they just don't got it. Some people want different gifts. The reason that I bring this up is because sometimes we spend a lot of time and energy on the things that we're not gifted to do at the expense of the time that we could have been using our spiritual gifts in a good and productive way. Does that make sense? It's like a player who wants to be a shortstop in baseball because they watched Derek Jeter all those years and he was kind of a rock star in baseball and he always had a really beautiful girlfriend and they're like, you know what? I wanna be a shortstop. And there was just one problem with it. They actually couldn't make the throw from shortstop to first. You're like, you know, Let's just, let's know. Let's don't be a shortstop. 
maybe you need to be a second baseman because that's about all the arm you got, right? It's the same kind of thing. Here's the way they even talk about my team here at the church, meaning the staff. I would never ask you, if you were playing a baseball game, I would never ask you if you're right-handed to throw with your left hand. I would never ask you to do that. I mean, what a, what a horrible waste of, of your gifting. Let's spend an extraordinary amount of time on areas that I'm not that strong. Or the other way is to find out where you are really gifted and to spend an extraordinary amount of time right there. You get it? Paul's talking about it like this. Now, here's what this means. That means, when you look around the church, that means we got all kinds. We got all kinds. The other thing it means, we need all kinds. We do. Look at verses 17 and 18 in chapter 12. He, he says, well, if the whole body were an eye, first of all, that would look weird, right? If you were just a, a big eyeball, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but there's one body. Here's another way of looking at it. When a person thinks that they don't need to be a part or a serving part of the church, then they think that they're a body unto themselves. Make sense? You think you're a body unto yourself. You're not connected to a part of an actual body that is bigger than yourself. And Paul's saying, stop for a second and step back. Every part of the body is important, but each one of us is only one part of the body. You're only one part. If you're a toe, that doesn't mean that you're a full human body. It means you're a part of a full human body. That's his example. So here's what this means. What Paul's trying to say is we need every member of every church to be active. We need every member of every church. I don't just mean Woodridge. I mean every member of every church to be active. Just like the organs in your body for the church to be what Jesus wanted it to be, you pouring into and loving other people others pouring into and loving you. You know, one of the things I love is when I reach out to people, maybe they're going through a difficult time, and say, hey, I'm checking in on you, I just wanna see how you're doing today. We talk for a while, kinda get an update. Is there anything that you need? Because I'm pretty much gonna ask you that. Is there anything that you need? One of the things that blesses me like you wouldn't believe is how often, more than not, I actually hear, hey, everything is great. My Bible study group stepped up. The meals are taken care of. Everything that we need is good. But if I need something, I'll give you a call. How awesome is that? That is the church being the church, right? That is the church being the church. That said, we do have a word for inactive parts of the body. And I think this is theoretical and I'm not an MD. So, but the word is vestigial. That would be like having an organ in your body, it's taking up space, but it's actually not doing anything for the overall good of the body. Not contributing to health, not contributing to function, not contributing to the rest. And Paul says, it's not the way that the church is meant to go. So look at verses 21 to 26. He says, so the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. So on the one hand, don't be desiring the gifts that you don't have. Somebody else has those. You need to recognize the ones that you got and go for it. He says, now on the other hand, you don't need to be, the eye can't say to the hand, well, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker, they're indispensable. 
And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for who? Each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Every part of the body is what, church? Important. It's important, whether it be visible or invisible. Most of what's going on in your body right now, you can't see. By the way, that's a good thing, because gross, right? But most of what's happening in your body right now, you can't see. A lot of what happens in a church on the day-to-day, most of you don't see. You don't, and yet the church is active. Taking care of the sick, taking care of the poor, doing work at Mission Northeast, doing work down in the city. That's the church being the church. You get the idea. Whether it be visible or invisible, the most important parts of the body for its health are often the ones that you cannot see. By the way, if the muscles aren't working, have you thought about that? If your muscles aren't working, you can't hug your kid, you can't play the violin, you can't throw a baseball. I'll just give a couple of examples to make a very simple point that you already know, muscles are important. A tendon, it's a fibrous connective tissue which attaches muscle to the bone. Tendons may also attach muscles to structures such as your eyeballs. So a tendon serves to move a bone or a structure. Tendons are important. And you know that when your tendons get hurt, by the way. Tendons are important. Not every member has the same visibility, but that doesn't mean that they're insignificant. It doesn't mean it. There are no insignificant parts of the body of Jesus. They're just different. The giftings are different. Here's what Paul's wanting to say in this last part. Take a look at the God-given gifts that he has portioned to others and celebrate that with them. Celebrate it. For the best that you can, mobilize it, move it, put it to good use, but also being wise enough to know what your own are and being active and putting it to good use. It's crazy what happens when the church just is the church. And we spend a whole lot less time on the things that are going to be divisive and connected to the things that we actually exist for. What a difference it makes. Some years ago, when Harvey hit us, I remember it had been just a couple of months afterward, the response, your response, by the way, was pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing. I mean, there we were in a short amount of time, and you're like that, and we had already been in and gutted and cleaned over 100 homes, and it was just like that. And we weren't even done. We just kept going. It was amazing to see. And I remember going to be a part of, of a meeting Uh, kind of a post-Harvey meeting where you had people that were church but also people that weren't church kind of give an assessment of where things were at. And I remember at one point, they just kind of stopped and they said, where would we be if it hadn't been for the local church stepping up in the midst of an absolute disaster? Where would we be without you people? And these weren't church people talking. We were just sitting there listening on how it is, what's going on next, and how it is that we can help. And one of them said this. They said, at this point, 75% of the recovery efforts has been done by the local church. 75%. Not the government, but you guys. 
Where would we be without you? Folks, that is the church being the church. Isn't that awesome? And that's the kind of thing, I think, that we should portion our time and our investment for because what you'll see, and this is something that Jesus said, let your light shine before men. Why? So that they can see your good works and the result, they will glorify your Father which is in heaven. It isn't so that we get praise. I don't think any of us need it. In fact, the whole thing here, and it's the way that I work every day, I am undeserving of everything that I've got including my relationship with my Lord. I didn't deserve any of it, none of it. But God is gracious and kind. And when I received it, there was just something about it that changed my heart. And I wanted everybody else to have what I had. That was it. I just want you to know that kind of love. I want you to know that. Because God has been that good to me. This is what the church can be. And this is what Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 is saying the church should be. So what are your gifts? Are you putting them to good use? I would, I would love it if what we would hear is that the, kind of the normal study where 80% of the work of the church falls on the back of 10 to 20% of the church. I would love it if we never heard that again. I would love it. Instead, and this is the way that we work here, is to find your gift and to put yourself into one place of service for the common good of the church in our community. One place that you serve, every person committed to the work for the common good of our church and for the common good of our community so that when people see the good works that we do, they will speak it to the glory of God. That's why we're here. We hope you have enjoyed the podcast. For more information about our church, visit www.woodridge.org.